Good evening and welcome to a brand new episode for a brand new year on Any Sportscast with your boys, Ricky and Larry. How are we doing, Larry? How are you feeling, Paul? Uh, nasally, nasally and uh, feels like I've got like, have you ever had hay fever? That's what it feels like at the moment. I've never had hay yeah, fever yeah. in my life, but that's, no, neither have I. that's what it feels like. I've, I know other people who've had hay fever, so shout out to all the hay fever listeners out there. Yeah, all hair fever sufferers. Yeah, happy 2023 <laughs> just to you guys. No one else, just you guys. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good, good Rick. to start it's, 23, isn't it? It's been a great start to 2023 for me, obviously, as an Arsenal fan. Um, but yeah, apart from the little cold, little sniffles, nothing really to all complain good, about. Though, yeah? yeah, it's been a great start. Um, I want to ask you the same question, but I kind of know the answer because I've just <laughs> watched parts of the uh, of the Chelsea you match, saw. and I know that's what we're gonna discuss. So we're gonna just we're gonna delve straight in, man. We're gonna yeah, delve, you, dive I need straight you to delve in. straight in, straight in, man, because like, it's just absolute shambolic. Yeah. But before that, obviously, happy New Year to everyone. To everyone. Hopefully, you know, like happy, merry health success whatever your desires but yeah happy new year to all but no to my team we need a good new year bro we need a good 2023 and that was not we it. are struggling and that was not it by the way it was an awful way yeah. to start like obviously we got the goal so i'm gonna go straight into it i'm gonna say i'm not even gonna wait around but yeah gonna dive straight in it's uh it was shambolic this literally embarrassing we go to the team that's third uh, I don't even think they were third. I don't know if they came up because they got a point against Chelsea from 18th to 17th. Sorry, from 19th to 18th. But uh, yeah, man, awful, awful display. Awful. Like, lacked creativity, lacked desire, lacked passion, lacked energy, aggression. And it's just like, I was watching to a bit of the analysis afterwards as well. And I rarely agree with Graham Sooners, but the things that he said today, everything, it was all the points that I was thinking throughout that match is, we lacked a num- we needed a new number nine because Havertz was dropping in midfield. And then the question was, well, what happens if the managers ask him? Then that's the manager's fault. Why would you ask your number nine to be an extra midfielder when you've got the no focal point at the top? You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't been, think Graham Potter would have done that. It's been a while for Chelsea though, like since they've had the focal number nine. Even even when you when you brought but Lukaku in, but even when in. we haven't, we had played it well though, mate. Like if he, if when we brought Lukaku in, like I hear what you're saying in terms of bringing him and have that false nine. But when we've had that, we've had players running off the ball trying to occupy that space that uh, Havertz may have created today. The two wide players, Pulisic and Sterling, just stayed wide, and then Havertz would drop it, excuse me, into a ten, a space that possibly was more for Mason Mount than himself and then all of a sudden we lose the ball there's nothing we can do we scored a goal okay we scored it was a lucky goal a bit fortunate the way it fell came off the came off the crossbar the pundits were giving all the applause difficult finish by Raheem Sterling difficult doing that it could go over half a volley it's just, it's the easiest goal Raheem Sterling was scoring yeah, wasn't it just his Chelsea career I watched it was that. literally the ball came off the crossbar bounced in front of him and he smashed it and he smashed it just like Raheem Sterling literally knows how to uh, uh, what's it called side footed into the into the corner or like even put, kicked it back changed, just simply changed direction Yeah, put it back towards goal that he would have gone in it wasn't it wasn't that great of a goal it wasn't that great of a play because some Sometimes when you score lucky goals, you think, yeah, but you made your own luck. You know, like I said that last week uh, or now previous game where I mentioned Martinelli and Fabianski losing the ball at the near post. And you think to yourself, well, that's because you made your own luck. You know, you were playing well. You continue to pressure, 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 pressure. And it just wasn't happening. And the thing that annoyed me the most as well, when we got, uh, I'll go into the details in this starting 11. But one thing I wanted to point out straight away was Graham Potter came on and he said, First question they asked him, what did you think of that, Graham? Hard-earned point. What? I'm sorry, what? 
I know. Wait, sorry. Wait a second. Sorry, I was just I was just playing around with the levels here, and th that caught me by surprise. What do you mean, hard fought point? Like you were winning, you had the chance to win it all. I don't understand Graham Potter's reasoning behind this. And look, obviously, we've had many, many, many discussions about Graham Potter, so I really don't feel like having that. So I'm going to say this: everything we talk about with Chelsea, just keep in mind there's a prerequisite of Graham Potter involved. So whatever we say about Chelsea, and then you're going to be like, uh, not you, obviously the, the listeners are going to be like, oh, what, what about Graham Potter? Yes, everything links back to him. So that's a prerequisite before we can have this conversation. So please, no, yeah, I, it's, it's unbelievable, it really me. is. You heard right, hard Unreal. point, you said. Unreal. A, team that, a team that was Champions League winners, World Club, World Cup winners, and I know I keep going back to it, but it's literally more or less to say, okay, we've lost Rudiger, uh, Timo Werner, but these were, Rudiger is a focal point. We brought Koulibaly in thinking he could help us and so on and so forth and we spent all this money. But Todd Bowley was acting as, uh, and I think this is one of the reasons uh, Thomas Tuchel got sacked as well. And I know everyone's probably thinking, oh, Ricky, just get off. Thomas Tuchel now, it's finished. Just let it go. That's in the past. And I get that, but Todd Bowley was our sporting director temporarily. And he's the one, obviously, we got rid of Lukaku on loan. Didn't want to be there, right? So get rid. Timo Werner, we're looking for more football. Okay, gone. And then what's uh, Rudiger left as well? But we lost one defender, and then we ended up buying three or four defenders. And uh, they Not all turned out to point. be injured, so. Yeah, yeah they obviously got injured. Exactly. Like the injury bits plays a part on it, and you want to make sure that Graham Potter can have his full starting 11 to get some consistency and so on and so forth. But at the time, at the minute, when a manager's coming out and he goes to like a team that's fighting for relegation and saying hard earned, hard earned point when you're winning 1 0. It's, it's embarrassing. Personally, it's embarrassing. No, it is. It's, it's a total embarrassment. And again, I, maybe, I'm not... maybe I'm misinterpreting it. So the listeners out there can just tweet at me and tell me what is his meaning behind that and tweet at, no, well, not I can, me personally, I mean... but tweet at us. <laughs> but you can't be anywhere. Nobody can interpret that any other way of just saying harder. Like, what? Like, you said it yourself. Your reaction was exactly how I reacted as soon as I heard that interview get given. I mean, I can, I, can, I can understand what he's kind of saying because, but I mean, the second half, Chelsea were atrocious. They, they were so disappointing um, in comparison to the first half. So I can understand why he would bring up and say, you know, hard-fought point at the end, by the end of the match. But when you, when you take into consideration, you know, the first half where kind of, I wouldn't say you were dominant, but you were doing well to the point where you thought, all right, this could be a comfortable win. But it just wasn't. It just wasn't. And and then, you know, how how you let Knott's Forest come back like that, it's, you know, it's beyond me. But at the same time, at the same time, when you look at the players that they've got, they've got some strong players. That, Awonyi, Awonyi, Awonyi? Yeah, 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 the striker guy. who was playing left wing and then got yeah. changed up top. He he was bullying Koulibaly, by the way, to the point where Mate, Koulibaly was lucky, he never got sent off. He bullied them both, Koulibaly and Aspie. He was Aspie close came to out being as sent... well. Yeah. To answer your question there on the second half, he came out and gave the interview as well. And because I really wanted to listen to what is going to what's going to get said here, and as a club captain, he came out. Because if anybody else came out, they were getting hammered. And he gave political answers. First thing he did, he started smiling, smirking, and then I think he realised what well, my smiling for, and quickly changed to like, oh no way, I'm meant to be sad because there's more of a two points dropped than two points. Uh, sorry, than a point earned. But where Chelsea want to be, this isn't it. And the performance that they put on today is not going to get them there. And as Piliqueta said, oh, we expected them to come out a bit more aggressive in the second half. Things had to change because we were quite in control, but we didn't dominate with the chances. Chelsea had seven shots on, at goal, 2-1 target. 2-1 target for a Chelsea team at, who were playing a, a relegating team and winning 1-0 as well. 
Like, I don't understand how it's... is that possible. Like, I genuinely don't know. And also, another thing to add to this as well, to very quickly talk about the lack of creativity in the goal scored. Chelsea have got a goal difference of two, right? You would put Chelsea in the same calibre as the Man City, as the Arsenal, the Man United, and so on and so forth, yeah? Like, that same top seven team. Yeah, yeah. That's not even up for debate, yeah. That, that's, that's oh, top six, sorry. Yeah. Top seven's got added into it because Newcastle, yeah, yeah, we touched on this in a previous spot. Yeah. Top six team, sorry. I'm believing the hype and the media that's telling us, right? <laughs> Very quickly, between City and Arsenal, City 28 points goal difference, Arsenal 26, Chelsea 2. Yeah, that's... Two mm. goal difference. Mm. Like, what? something needs to change. Creativity. How many, how many Listen, I, I didn't, honestly, like, I, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> No, it's just yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, conceded that 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 I think obviously that that's your difference right there. It's but actually not saying that. No, I, I lie uh, because you clearly have no one up front to score the goals for you. So it's like a mixture of both. Defensively, you're kind of mediocre. Up front, you're kind of mediocre. But you've got the talent there, and that's that's the most that, that's the most frustrating thing. You know, for that's you as a Chelsea fan, or for Chelsea fans everywhere, is the fact that you've got good players there at that team. There isn't one player no. that you can be like. You know what? He's past his time. Maybe Jorginho, you could probably say he's past his time. Maybe maybe a Thiago Silva, but then again, like he's your best, Thiago's right best player. Yeah. He's your best player. Right yeah. He's our best player. Full that's stop. It. And that's he's it. That's it. There's no one else. The you thing... mentioned you mentioned Mason Mount uh, last game as well. You, you th- he you had said a great he game well. this week. He, was... he did. He tried in spells, mate. This, mo- uh, this morning, sorry, first half he was decent in spells, but then second half. There weren't runs being made. He tried to force it too much. And the reason for that was he was trying to do something, get the team going forward. And I could see that. I'll try and do a turn and get forward. But nobody was there to show him any help. Nobody was there to kind of be in between the lines. And the best example I could give to you as an Arsenal fan, Odegaard always gets in between the midfield and the defence, right? Chelsea players were all either all the way at the top or all like all back. There was nobody in that between to kind of get that ball and link defence and midfield. No, it's uh, and for that reason. It was just awful. It was just an awful, awful game. Yeah, I mean, I watched, I watched, I watched that match, the Chelsea match, in parts. To be honest, because look, I'll be honest, it, it, I find it quite boring. I find it quite boring to watch Chelsea play nowadays. And you, you know, you, when 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 the previous managers, you know, had control, that it was they were fun to watch. They were fun to watch. They were dangerous to watch. And sometimes, obviously, you know, for other teams like me as an Arsenal fan, I'd be like, oh shit, Chelsea won again. So it's like, you know, they're going to be competitors. But it feels like this season, it feels like this season that they just haven't really hit anything, any type of note, any type of sort of stride, nothing together. Like it's like the, the strangers on the pitch, and that's a shame, really. And now, that is I don't, a huge now, shame. now again, and then you bring someone like an Obama Yang in, but the problem is with that, like whoever brought Obama Yang in, obviously, if it is, if it was TT, he left. So therefore, Obama Yang has no place in your team. No. Unless and Todd he Bowley, hasn't, he hasn't started. Exactly. Unless Todd Bowley says, I want Obama Yang, then that's even a bigger problem because that's I said it in the group. Problem. I said in our group, like, when was it yesterday or the day before? I, I read an Instagram post where it's like Chelsea are looking to hijack Mudrick. And I'm thinking, they're thinking, hang on a minute, you guys have got that much money to spend, no brain cells between any of the executives. And all you, mm-hmm. all, and what I mean by that is, by the way, I'm not saying like they, they're, they're dumb or anything like that. It's just no, no, they no, have no, no, no footballing brain because it's clear that you're not getting players that you need for the team. You're looking to hijack players just, who yeah. we want. And it's like, well, hang on a minute, he fits our system. Okay, you get Mudrick. Fair enough, you can, you can spend 70, 80 million, uh, you know, to Shakhtar and they'll be like, yeah, cool, we'll sell him to you. He'll go to Chelsea. What's he gonna do there? Like, if he's not part the of a system, exactly. If he's not part of a system initially, 
you know, thought of as like, oh yeah, do you know who would be a good player for this particular position? Would be Mudrick. But I've never, I've, I've never even heard you as a Chelsea fan discuss the prospect of that player before. Because it, no, you know, no, it, I haven't. I've not you, seen it. Exactly. The but, thing is, what I think we need is a number nine. And I mentioned it, and I'll, and I'll voice it again and echo it and possibly get a petition going. Is we literally need Ivan Tony to join Chelsea. Yeah. Well, not now. We after need a the, Premier League established striker. I'm sorry, well, not ACL, but it looked like it, it could be an ACL. It, it look, could be ACL. Yeah, exactly. He could be out for a long time. For a long time. So he's not going to be the right choice. We need an Ivan Tony ish kind of player who's played in the Premier League, who's strong, physical, uh, Good head on him in terms of sort of a footballing brain. Yeah. So he can understand the Premier League, the physicality of the game, the speed of the game. And that's what we need. But whether that will happen, no. Because I think at the minute, Todd's trying to go for this. We buy youngsters and possibly saw the model that Arsenal have had. He's going for Galactico status. So well. That's what he's going for. He's going for Galactico status. He thinks, you know, throwing money at a problem is going to solve it. And do you know what? Do you know what? Okay, Ask Abramovich. He'll be like, yeah, do you know what? It solved problems. Yeah, we won trophies. But then again, there was so many dips within seasons. You know what I mean? Like, you, you never had a con, uh, sort of consistent five, six-year or seven-year Chelsea period of dominance. You know what I mean? You won two you won two leagues and then you dipped a little bit, came back up, new manager, dipped, came back up. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you see the yeah, thing. There's like, no he was consistency never, yeah, There was that, never yeah. any consistency with Arsenal. Uh, just real quick. From 96 when Wenger joined up until about 2007, we were kind of hitting that stride and then it dipped. But then that dip was a major dip up until 2018, 2019. You know, yeah. because again, FA Cups, yeah, right, we won those, but fair enough. I'm talking like in league in general. So again, it's the thing is with Chelsea, they've been very inconsistent. Like, you know, ups and downs and, you know, there's never been any sort of managers who stuck around for five, six, seven years. Yeah, And, and sometimes that's a problem because, look, Chelsea's a big team and you need a manager like a Klopp or a Guardiola, like of that status who will stay for a long time. Or you need the executives who can give them that time. And again, I just don't feel like Todd Bowley purchasing Chelsea as a club, consortium or not, it doesn't matter, right? It just feels like they've got no footballing brain between among any of them. And that's and that's a major I problem. I 100% agree with you. Like I see, I see what they're trying to do, and obviously I want to apologise to the listeners there for me siffling. I am struggling with this flu. It's flu I'm season, going bro. Around. It's a flu season, so yeah, apologies for the sniffle there. So if some of you are disgusted, right? Literally felt like a trickling there. But anyway, that's all right. you can write to, to us in the comments. It's fine. Yeah, write to us in the comments. Uh, I'll fight you in the comments. Uh, Todd Bowley. It's I don't know. I see. I part of me thinks he's trying to. Yes, the Galacticos, but he's trying to get young talent. And then mold the team out of young talents because this it's ludicrous being linked with Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez from Benfica for 120 million euros, give or take a couple of mil. Right? Sorry, real quick, by the way, real quick. Release clause. You know on. my opinion on this because I made it clear in the group. If Chelsea spend 127 million euros on Enzo Fernandez, I swear to God, I'm going to boycott the whole of football. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to boycott it because it's shambolic to spend that it's, money. It is. It's, it's ridiculous for a player who's just had an average tournament. Exactly. I know he got average. a young player of the tournament, yeah. but he wasn't that great. No, he and got I think a young he only got it because, because Mbappe final. got the golden boot because Mbappe should have got a young player of the tournament. Yeah, I, I don't even Did, understand how he didn't. But anyway, that's yeah, a conversation for, for science. And I think Enzo got it just simply because he won the World Cup and he was the youngest yeah. player on that team. And they were like, oh, you win it because you won the World Cup. Like, listen, Messi won you the World Cup. Enzo yes. had a decent tournament. Yeah, decent. But... Not 120 million decent. 
Come on now, come on. Not to add like 80 million to his bloody price tag or... You know, yeah, what do you million. think it is, Anthony Gordon? Yeah, come on, man. You're not Anthony Gordon. You don't play for Everton. You're not... You, you, you're someone you're not we, English. Exactly. We've heard of you. Like, Anthony Gordon, we haven't heard of. That's why he's that much money. You know what I'm talking about? But, uh, but no, look, with... with no, I just feel like, you know, when you've got a player like McAllister who's proven at Brighton and part of that World Cup winning team and he's not even in the bracket of 100 million and you've got Enzo Fernandez who is, that's insanity, by the way. That is insanity. Because... Just Again, Benfica trying to sort, trying to pull a fast one like they did with Joe Felix. Yeah, again, they were laughing. Benfica were laughing all the way to the bank. And Atletico were like, you know, uh, do you want him back, by the way? Nope. <laughs> no, no, you keep him this time because, no, that's it. We're, we're done with this. But yeah, again, Enzo Fernandez for that money, it's it's insanity. Sorry, I just had to get my views across. No, on that no, one. it's fine, bro. It's fine. Me like, after, but yeah, no, I agree with you. But going back to Rich, quickly on this game today, as the game started, I saw the lineup, obviously disappointed. Reese James is out. We knew that before, that we knew Aspie's going to replace James. It was the same 11, same 11 that played against Bournemouth that had a decent performance, decent half. Like I mentioned on the last pod as well, on the last episode, was nobody was kind of going for that killer instinct, that kind of cutthroat, let's call five, six. Uh, so yeah, it was all right. So for uh, what do you call it? Uh, starting eleven, I was happy with. I thought, okay, decent. Let's see what we can do. Building some momentum. They won it last one, clean sheet. And then it just same thing. It seemed to be if teams are sitting back against Chelsea. Chelsea really struggled to create. And everything is side passing, side side side. Once they started, once um, not not Forest started to press Chelsea. All he, all he was crying for with the speed of Sterling and Pulisic, and even Havertz. Havertz is a quick player. Kick the ball long. Don't be afraid just to go to very basic. I'm going to kick the ball behind the defenders. Sterling, run onto it. Pulisic, run onto it. Havertz, run onto it. Mason Mount, make a run from midfield because Havertz may be marked. Do you know? Like, and it's just something like that that just didn't happen. And I was touch, touching on what, uh, when you mentioned second half. Aspeliqueta came out, didn't I? I mentioned that earlier. Just to quickly go on that yeah. as well. He said, we're expecting them to be physical. If you're expecting them to be physical, match that level, match it. Why are you not physical? Why not? Like, what happened? And as soon as I'm just, I'm sorry to mention it, but literally everything he said, I agreed with 100%. Is five aside and doing training with the team is all good and it's all banter and laughing and stuff. But where it matters is when you're playing against the opposition in the Premier League and your physicality needs to be at the same level, if not slightly a little bit higher within the rules of the game. Yeah. Well, so in, to ensure you win or at least again an advantage to win because nothing's ensured you're going to win just because you're physical but you know what I mean increase your chances of winning trying to intimidate of course so it's so the different factors but, uh, you know, that lead just, to the win it just wasn't there it just was not there whatsoever and I mentioned I already mentioned the goals but the thing is sometimes you've got to ask questions of the manager as well and the questions I've got to ask him is he's literally won four games out of ten lost three drew three so he's been in charge for ten games yeah, and it's an awful return for a Chelsea yeah, manager. That's, that's... And if he was in charge, sorry, if Abramovich was in charge of Chelsea, uh, Maria or whoever else, because Abramovich was banned from the country, is uh, he would have got sacked now. Yeah, he would not have been trusted that's with time. a transfer kitty. To ca- no, he's, he's going to get a long-term contract. He's went to the states over the World Cup. They, they kind of uh, reassured him that you're here for the long run. We have a project. You're here for that, and so on and so forth. And this is what I was afraid of. I was afraid yeah. of the Americans doing an NFL-style approach. We bring you the players. Your job is simply to coach. Yeah, and obviously, you don't tell by, me who you need. We tell you who you need. Yeah, and by them doing that, and then obviously saying to him that, yeah, you here for the long haul. It just kind of means that we're going to make the decisions for you. Like that's that's it. You here. <laughs> what it says yeah, and then he's just going to be yes a man. guinea pig yeah, yeah he's you're the yes man, man. you're just is. like when as soon as the media say did you want him you're just going to come out and say 
great player, so great attributes. Uh, played really well. He's yeah. physical, good decision making. You know, he's he struggled got a, a little bit. He's got we try to that improve. And the question is always seems to be as well as like we try to improve, we try to improve. And I don't remember Chelsea being eighth when he took over. I don't remember Chelsea playing this badly when he took over. No. So are we improving or are we getting worse? I don't know what's happening, but, but like under we, Tuchel, we did not play this badly. No, you Tuchel didn't. got sacked because we lost that game to uh, Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah. But and then that, also the next time he got the next day or so he got sacked and we're like, wait, what? Yeah, that's, that's uh, it, just, yeah. It's it, just insane. It's just insane. But I genuinely think for any Chelsea fan listening out there, it's going to be a long, long way, a long time. I'll put even on the chat. It's five plus years before Chelsea do anything at the minute. Because, like you mentioned earlier, every single player looked like they were playing with somebody new, not somebody who they've played with last year or somebody they've been training with daily. It literally looked. I have no idea where Raheem Sterling wants the ball. I have no idea what Raheem Sterling's going to do to insinuate that he wants the ball played behind. Or Christian Pulisic, or Kai Havertz, or Mason Mount. Koulibaly gets the ball, plays it left and right. Thiago does the same. Good old Horgi gets the ball, left, back to Horgi, back, back to Horgi, left, back yeah. to Horgi. Yeah. And you're just like, you've wasted 10 passes. Like, literally, that's how boring. If you found me speaking like that boring, now imagine being a Chelsea fan and watching your team play like that and you think how frustrating that is but um, a few more points on it uh, didn't move fast enough off the ball so even when we didn't have the ball it was just like now let's see what you can do make the run run off the ball make the run drag a defender create some space make a run behind come close to the ball like Kai Havertz was doing okay brilliant somebody fill that space that Kai Havertz has left up at the top because he's dragged the defenders you know, it was, just, it was just weakness, weak, weak, weak everywhere. And it's been the same same excuses for the past seven games. Didn't move the ball fast enough. We're not yeah. doing this. We seem to do this. And then you think to Potter, what are you working on at training? If you're not moving the ball fast enough for seven games, what are you actually working on at training? Because the questions have got to be asked of the manager now. And if they're not going to sack the manager, then the team, the fans need to do, and I'm not calling for Potter to be sacked. You know, I'm, I'm one of those Chelsea fans that's got to write this season off. Hopefully we get in the Champions League. I don't expect it. Hopefully we do. Hopefully we win it. You know what I mean? I'm still still kind of like optimistic for all of it because obviously, you know, I'm a fan. I love my team. But uh, realistically, I can't see it happening because this is the run again now where teams don't fear Chelsea because they see performances like this and be like, do you know what? We can do this. Got nothing to fear. We just need to press them. Look at what Nottingham Forest did second half. Be a bit physical. Go press them and then we'll win the game. That's it. Or at least... Don't concede, and then we've got chances of scoring. And that's the problem that we've got with the current Chelsea team. So I think, yeah, give him the year, see what happens. But so it's, you're it's saying, not so you're sustainable saying you're gonna, as a business. You've got to write this off. I've wrote this off already. As, I don't know, wow. based on today's performance, I've literally wrote the season off. I see Chelsea not getting nowhere near the top four. I saw how Man United were playing, attacking. If Chelsea played against Wolves, Chelsea would have lost against Wolves. Man United went in there and won 1-0. Yeah. Chelsea played against Brighton, got beat 3-0. Arsenal went there and won 4-1, 3-1, 4-1, 4-2. would you win? It was 4-2. 4-2, 4-2, 4-2, 4-2 yeah. there you go. I um, left it at 3-1, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I went to get a shower and stuff like that. So it will, we'll come to Arsenal for sure. But no, in terms, yeah, for, for Chelsea, for Chelsea, so I think... Do you th- personally looking at that team, the number nine is not even your sort of like you know main thing purely because you've got no one to create anything. That's so it. now, that's yes, it. you're going to get a number nine, but then you're going to get number nine, but who's going to create for him? And that's the problem now. Like when you had Hazard, you had Hazard, like you know, as a creator, as a winger. Sometimes he can even fucking be a striker because he could do that. He was that he player. Was all, he was everything. Again, yeah. now if you're going to spend close to 500 million euros in one year of football, 
then at least go out there and spend 120 on someone like a Leao, for example, or someone who is proven. Do you know what I mean? Who is proven as a as a striker, as a winger, as a creator, that type of stuff. Like, you know, go spend that money. Or yeah. go, get, go get a Frankie de Jong or something from Barcelona. They're looking to sell him. 80 million Frankie de Jong. I think he... Get rid of Jorginho, him and Kovacic there. You're laughing. You've got a great, yeah. you've got a great midfield there. Like again, it, it's the creativeness of Chelsea, and it's disappointing when you look at players like a Pulisic and a Mount because they are very, very, very inconsistent players. Like you know, sometimes they'll be great, sometimes they'll be on the rocks, and you think, how do you move so quickly between high and low? Like I just don't understand what happens to yeah, your, fluctu- to your fluctuate. Like I don't know. Know. one game they're outstanding. What, what's game, happened like to the personality? Yeah. Where's, where's the personality? Where's the character? Like what happened in that time frame? What is the journey to fucking Notts Forest to Nottingham? Is that is that what did it? Is that what hurt you? Like, you know, because I'm, I know it sounds crazy, but if that's the problem, like, oh, the bus journey took it out of me and all this. All right, no problem. It's You're not coming enough. on the next match, mate. You're going to play with the yeah. under-23s. You can stay here all the time. Again, there needs to be a bit of ruthlessness as well, not just from the manager, but, like, even the captain of the team. Who is the captain of your team, by the way? Well, Aspi and then Horgi is our vice-captain. Right, so Aspi Laqueta. I mean, Aspi Laqueta just kind of, he's kind of already given up. He's, he's sort of thinking, shit, I'm, I'm about to retire. Like, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna challenge these young guys. And then you've got a player like Obama Young. It's like, you know, he looks like a lost dog out there, bro. Yeah, the, the game the game that we were playing, Aspili, it doesn't suit Aspili quite. It, it suits Reese James because Reese James loves to kind of overlap those kind of modern yeah. fullbacks up top. Aspili is very much kind of like Gary Neville, sort of that generation of 06 to 2012 sort yeah. of thing. You know, like kind of I'll sit back, I will get forward and put a couple of balls in, but not as quickly or as fast or as often as you want me to. And that's the thing where we're lacking is that kind of those right back and left back. Because Cucurella as well was just like, I don't know what oh, he was doing. Oh. Everything was left footed, trying to get down the wing and then he cut inside into trouble. And I was like, oh, this guy, what is he? 60 million team. on him. I took him on my 60 team. 60 million. He's I was, speaking of team, I was literally hoping to do decent this week. I let, uh, When I saw where, how close everybody was doing, yeah. I thought, oh, I've got Harry Kane against Villa at uh, White Hart Lane. And then I've got Kai Havertz still to play against uh, Nottingham Forest who are struggling to score goals and leaking goals. And then all of a sudden, neither of them do anything. Yeah, it's, so, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, no, I, I hear what you're saying. The, the, the captain needs to kind of be vocal. But sometimes I, I've got a feeling, I don't know whether the players, I don't know if I'm saying this because I'm hurt. I'll probably uh, think, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't know if the players respect the manager, mate. I genuinely don't think the players respect the manager I and his decision-making and the ago. idea that he's... If he has been given the reassurance of nothing is going to happen to you, regardless of how they play, yeah. the players then feel like no, lack of respect towards him because yeah. you are untouchable and no matter what we do, you've still got a job. So let's just take it easy. We're yeah. still going to get paid. Yeah, and absolutely. I also think going on the payment is we've got a group of players now who, and Bami Yang strikes me as one of those players, Kai Havertz at the minute. And yeah. I'm wrong for thinking like this because I like Kai Havertz. But on today's performance, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just, just a job. It's just performance, though, Rick, It's just it? a job. Like, yes, it, it, it is. It's been, I'm, I think I'm holding on to that Kai Havertz goal in the Champions League and giving him this card. That was, that was years you know ago. I mean? That was literally was, years was, ago. But as a Chelsea fan, he hold on to it for a long time. You and can. He did, and he Tell has your kids about it. 
I will. I'll I tell will. your kids about it, but like in, in terms of realistic, and again, a football team is is a present. Thing. It's like you know, we we live and play for the present. We don't think. Yeah. yeah we think about the future, but there's no point thinking about the past because we're playing in the present with no, an eye right. towards the future. You're only as future. good as your last game, aren't you? You're exactly. only as good as your last game. Exactly. So like again, and he can, has been awful because that. I mean, with that logic, I can always go back to fucking invincible uh, seasons, and it's like yeah, well, they it's don't the have those th- players still playing now. No, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, again, now it's time to adapt. Like, maybe those players that did it two years ago, three years ago, they're not good enough this year. They're not They're not going to adapt to the manager who is literally a no-one. He's a nobody compared to He's these a players. Nobody compared I to said this players. from time when he got signed. You remember it. We said it together. No, no, no. We said it together. On the yeah, podcast. Yeah. This guy is not going to get respected because why should he? What's he, gonna, what's he bringing to the table for these players? Like, I'm getting vexed, and I'm not even a Chelsea fan. Like, I, I literally, I'm happy that you're losing every game. Whatever. But it's the fact that, uh, sorry, drawing or what, you know, not performing well. But <laughs> not it's getting just, points. Yeah, no, but it's just the, the frustration as a football fan because you look at a team like Chelsea who clearly have money. Um, who, well, that's it. That, that's literally where they are right now. They've clearly got money. They've got nothing else, apparently. The coaching staff seems to be inadequate. The executives are only thinking about, you know, oh, how much fucking profit we're going to make from this team. And that's, yeah. and that for me, that really vexes me because, look, I'm a football fan first. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm a football no, fan no, first. Of course. Like with the Saudis and stuff like that and the Qataris that are taking over the, some of the teams. I, shit, they're doing well, mate. They're spending the money that they need to spend. They're not going overboard. Spending it wisely. Yeah, yeah. They're not going the overboard. Game we can I say, we can, sorry, real quick. Trusting. Go on, sorry. I was going to say with City, we could say whatever the hell we want with City, right? But when you actually think about it, they haven't spent the money that a Chelsea have. Do you know what I mean? They haven't spent the money that a Man United have. And again, I'm talking like the period that they've they've come up. Do you know what I'm saying? They haven't spent that sort of money. Like who they I mean, yeah, they've got worthy players now, but they spent what, 60 million on Haaland? That's it. I know. That's it. It's and we're steel. out here talking like 130 million for Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Nah, nah, see, this is this is where, where something has here. been screwed, like someone has been skewed around here. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing's making sense now. Because the you can't even blame it on the World Cup. Uh, yeah, some parts you can because you think again Enzo Fernandez that sort of money. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. No, but the thing is, you don't even focus on that like in price tags. You can focus if he's in on the World Cup. He had six weeks to train the team. If it was a problem for the past seven games, as I mentioned, he's been saying we were slow. We didn't react. Yeah. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. What did you work on for seven weeks? Yeah. But well, he went to America. Sure, he the went basics to America, are the basic. He went to America and got his, got his job security and then he thought, oh, do you know what? Laughing. All right, love. It's, let's go down a pub. Yeah, let's go. What? Let's go and have, let's go have a pint. Now, listen, it's disappointing. I'm sure he's trying. Obviously, he's a professional manager. But as the outside looking in as a Chelsea fan, I'd like him to try a lot more to find the solutions. And one thing is... I don't genuinely, genuinely don't think the players are respecting him. No. Or his tactics, his it's way clear. of thinking, because it's, it's just not translating into the pitch. It's not, it's not coming through. If his ideas are there, it's just not coming through. And sometimes as well, I felt like it was one moment today as I was watching the match and it gave a, a sort of a replay of Graham Potter of what may have happened earlier in the game. And he was given an instruction to a player. Maybe one of the listeners called this as well. I'll try my best to explain. He was given an instruction to the player and he's kind of saying, push up, push up, push up. And it felt like the player said something back to him, and then he was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "Wait, what? What do you yeah, mean? Oh, okay." Like, oh who's yeah, the yeah. Coach your point, here? your point makes who's sense. The yeah, coach? yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. like he reminds me of a substitute teacher in a classroom. That's exactly what he is. All been to school. Yep. Think about it as you as when you were a child, a teenager, however old you may have been. When a substitute teacher walks into your maths lesson, English lesson, whatever lesson, I made man cry. How much did you focus? 
and trying to get the work done. You, well, I'm sorry, say that again because we're just going to skip past that. What no, we're not going to skip past that. I was going to say it again because I'm actually quite proud of it. No, we made ours cry. She came in, she took over a science lesson and we were sat like in the back row and we were just being dicks. Not to her, just being just loud, you know, just general lads being dicks. And uh, she couldn't control the class. She ran out, uh, started crying. She came back in with the deputy uh, principal. And uh, and he was like blah blah blah, don't do it again. And we were just like, all right, cool, fuck it. Because she she cried. No we like, shit, we won. Yeah, we won at this point. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, maybe that's what's happening teachers. in the chat. That's exactly what's happening. Graham, yeah, Potter's walking in with Todd Bowley saying, "Listen, you must listen to the coach. He's the manager." And you know, that's when you lose respect. And now, literally, that's how no. I think it is. It's a substitute last thing, teacher. Last thing I'm going to say on this, Rick. Right on this particular uh, topic, how and who and hmm. When who made this decision to go for Graham Potter? By the way, like I just need to, I just need to know who actually came up with that idea, because yeah. it was clearly the wrong idea. Like they yeah. were looking at it very one-dimensionally, as in like we need a manager who can, who's got some sort of proven track record in in the Premier League, and who we can obviously say uh, he, he'll he'll be a yes man to us. So that was Potter, but they never thought of the likes of. Wait a second, we can bring Potter in because our players. They're making two, two, three hundred thousand yeah. a week. They, yeah. they are actually proven winners, whether with their uh, respective countries. You know what I mean? Even with yeah, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. got so many trophies and stuff. So like that's that's what that that is the problem for me. That's where the problem starts, and that's where the problem should like like that's where the book should stop. No, no, should it's, stop it's with Todd Bowley or whoever yeah, yeah, the idea no, no, it was. No, it does, and that's who it stays with. Who the person who did the hiring, the firing, and the hiring. That's where it needs to stay because we've touched this in the past. How do you give one manager over a quarter of a mil- billion pounds? Sorry, two hundred and seventy-seven million pound sterling, nearly three hundred million dollars for our friends overseas uh, to spend on players, and then all of a sudden sack him not so long after. Say to him, you need a number nine, and trying to rekindle the relationship with Aubameyang, knowing the trouble that he had at Arsenal, but thinking, oh no, worries, TT will sort him out because he had him at Borussia Dortmund, and then before Aubameyang even steps foot on the training ground, he gets the sack. And you bring a player who's taken the team, the best position he's taken a team is mid-table. Because I don't remember Brighton finishing European positions, not even the Conference League. No, so, no, no, Excuse no. me, Conference Europa, Conference League. I think eighth uh, or you know, tenth, I think that's seven. Eighth, eighth to or tenth, tenth, something like that. And where yeah. is cu- currently, where is Chelsea sitting? Oh, eighth, eighth. tenth, believe it or not. Eighth, believe we are literally a mid-table team. Surprise, 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 surprise. So this is the problem, we're not even in Europe. And and the thing is as well, it's not sustainable. You can spend all this money, you know I mean? You can have, an, you can have the Saudi money because at the minute they're the richest. You know, you can have all that money. You can have the Rothschilds back in uh, the world. It don't band. matter. It doesn't matter because you, need, you need to balance the books. And also the books are only going to get balanced by money coming in. If you're not in the Champions League, you're going to lose out on so much money from sponsors, yeah. TV rights, playing in the most prestigious competition of club football. You know, and it's just, okay, yeah, you tell who you want, Todd, but if you don't make Champions League, you very soon you're going to see the fans turning on you. And another thing as well, I think, and this is not an attack, the reason you feel so vexed is because you've seen this happen to your yep, team. Yep, yep. And, and therefore, of, you don't want it to happen to another team. I'm well, sure I know the answers. Team, but subconsciously, yeah, yeah, you know no, the no. answers to it. No, no, it's, no, absolutely. I totally, totally agree with you. It's like, yeah, obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I couldn't care less about Chelsea. But again, I've said this, and we've said this, I'm a footballing fan first. So, like, you know, I've seen this happen. It's like you going, let's go back to the school analogy, right? It's like you going to school, doing an exam, and then coming out of it and not telling me some of the questions, that type of situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's when not, you do the same exam. Yeah, exactly, same exam. So I know what the pitfalls and the and the and the problems are going to be. So I'm going to tell you them problems. Prepare and again, yourself. And yeah, but that's the, and so I've seen. You're absolutely right. A part of me is is like that because I have seen this, and we and we protested as as a fan base. 
Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what's going to happen now. Yeah, Stamford Bridge, just wait. Gonna I don't even think it's going to wait. I don't think you guys are going to wait. I don't until, think it'll be as May. far as the season. No, no I, it won't be until the end of the season. No, I think I think you'll start soon because if Chelsea performances don't improve, because what will happen is that what it all starts. I personally think with the away fans. Once you're travelling to Newcastle, four hours, five hours drive on a Tuesday night, and then you put in a performance like they did today against. Listen. Northern Forest, not so far, right? But still, it's a way. Let's stick with Northern Forest. Let's not go to Newcastle. You travel to Northern Forest. It's raining. It's wet. The fans are there. Yeah. And you don't even give the fans something to cheer about. Mate, we had no shots at goal in the second in half. The second half, yeah. No, I, I watched I watched the uh, most part like of the second 45 half. 45 minutes, Chelsea, Premier League aspiring winning team, Champions League regulars, etc., etc. Zero shots at target. Oh, Never mind our target on gold on the second half, and I think Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank kind of uh, paraphrasing him or quoting him. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Legend is if Chelsea come to Nottingham Forest and draw one-one, the best player on the pitch has to be Dean Henderson. Yeah, yeah, and he and he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't, and no, he, no, wasn't he wasn't the best he player because he wasn't tested once. No. And again, that goal, that Sterling goal, that was just a that was just a lucky lucky, lucky fall flew. for him. Basically, it just that's fell. what it was. The way yeah. it did, it just like yeah, just it was just luck. It just fell to him at the right time. Even if we had Haaland at Chelsea, Haaland would not be scoring goals for Chelsea because Chelsea do not create. And Haaland is not the type of player who creates for himself. It's simply because we need the creativity around him. Because Kai Havertz can bang goals in. Just tell Kai Havertz stay up top. Kai Havertz will bang goals in. Left foot, yep. right foot, header. But he's got no creativity, so therefore he looks bang average. That's why. That's why. Going to my point, my point was obviously that you know you're talking about. No, a striker, no, you mentioned but, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Creative, I'm just literally echoing what you said. Yeah, yeah, creative right. player that you need. We need. We need not just a player. Mate. We need four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, again, we I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm trying to keep it within the FFP. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, because yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could do it, with a squad it. overhaul. Like, you know, from from keeper to. We we'll see what keepers, happens in summer. In the summer, what's going to happen? Jorginho is going to be out of contract. I don't think yeah. he's going to get a new contract. He shouldn't. He We're shouldn't hoping be. after after February and Golo Kante can come back. Is it going to be the same Kante that mm-hmm. just before he left, he was very good? Do you really want to build the a Premier team around really Kante good. again, though? That's, that's no, he's too old, but like yeah, short-term success. For a year or two, you'd have Kante for a bit of stability, get regularly in the Champions League, and then, excuse me, start again. Because uh, there's no other player. I've not seen any player in any other league. Excuse me. Do the job that Angolo Kante does. Are you good? Are you good? By the way, you, I'm you, good, bro. This flu, man. That's why I'm kind of nah. I'm good. I'm good. You might have to put on a bit of music over that. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. Um, no, but, uh, it's coming. Yeah, like, I've got like surround in my earphones and stuff, so I, I'm hearing it from everywhere. Like it's, <laughs> it's like as if you're here. It's like I'm there and stuff. Is it me? No, um, no, no, I hear you, bro. So now, now, okay. Look, before we quickly move on from Chelsea, um, last thing then. So by the time the next game comes around or the next two games. What do you want to see happen like uh, on, the, on the pitch? And again, I'm talking realistically. Realistically. See, realistically speaking, what's going to happen in the next game? I, I think I can already predict it. They're going to be full of energy. They're going to be really up for the match because it's Man City away. On Thursday night, we've got City away. And I think yeah, Chelsea will be all up for it. Chelsea will point. be up for it because they're going to be like, oh, this is City. You know, we, don't, we have to fear City. And this is the problem that I have with this Chelsea team. Why are you up for the game against City but not up for the game against Norris? Uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Norris. No, London Norris. London Norris. No, yeah, season starts in March, man. Season starts in March. Um, don't even try. But yeah, no, listen. What <laughs> I want to see is a bit more urgency, a bit more creativity. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see somebody, even if he's playing as a CM, like a Mason Mount or somebody to kind of play that 10 role, possibly play Kai Havertz, bring a striker in January, let Kai Havertz take the 10, 
play a mountain of Kova in midfield or a mountain Zakaria or Zakaria and Kova. Just have a two-seam yeah. midfield. I like to change the formation of a 4-2-3-1. Try that for a little bit. Have that 10 to kind of unlock the defence a little bit. A bit yeah. of what Odegaard is doing. Odegaard? Yeah. Or, or, yeah, Odegaard. 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 A bit Odi. what he's doing for Arsenal because he constantly seems to be in the right positions to receive the ball. And again, that's yeah. down to the coaching. That's not down to anything... Anything, well, I mean, it wow. goes down to, to, goes to, down play, to, to play of thinking as well. Because you remember Ozil, like, Ozil was probably told other stuff, but he, the stuff that he was doing, you think, God damn. Yeah, how no, do you no, the, the stuff game, naturally bro. and, you know, you know, comes to them as a second nature. But, but uh, it's a good, it, I, I think mean, it's important. Like, coaching is very important to kind of, and yeah, practice and so on and so forth. And, you know, like, they all play games like that where they say to you trying to find and you're right these professional footballers can get behind the midfield and in front of the defence you know yeah. it's not that hard to do it's just the question is what coaching are you telling them if we're chasing the yeah. game there's no need to throw five people forward is it strict coaching is it strict coaching or not and that's that's also a question that you have to consider as well you know because if it's strict coaching then you can't really have the freedom to move around because you think oh shit and then obviously if you're thinking oh shit you know what's going to happen to me yeah, when I go yeah. back to the dressing room that's your game finished so yeah no you're, you're right coaching I'm, again there's no way you can dispute that coaching is but in terms of like you know individual players as well like if they have the brain they can move you, into those positions you'd assume so as being a yeah, 10 in yeah, the midfield yeah. you'd assume so do you know what yeah, I mean the very it, last thing before, on Chelsea before obviously I want to see why you're so happy and tell the listeners why you're so happy yeah. is um, yeah. any listeners here Chelsea fans I'll give him time let's not have excuse me one second excuse me he's just having a coffin fit there Sorry, we're going to put music there it's fine <laughs> uh, was uh, so yeah back basically just the last thing I was, I was saying uh, on it if for any Chelsea listeners give the manager time let's not go back to the old ways let's see see what Arteta did the difference between an Arteta and a Potter Arteta, Potter went everywhere and he learned his trade here there and everywhere different countries different yeah. teams different leagues Arteta was learning under arguably one of the best managers of all time ever of all time you know what I mean yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. You can see Guardiola's game in Arteta's game. And it's one Plus of the main things, if anybody who's struggling to see, is look at where Zinchenko plays. Look at where Tini plays as well. look at where Tini plays as well. Exactly. Tini's dropping into that midfield. Yeah. And, you know, kind of just like Agreed. overloading the midfield to push players forward, but still having players in midfield to defend as that first line of defence before your two centre-backs do it. And it's genius. It's very clever. Don't know why nobody yes. thought of it before. But, you know, only the great people, creative That's managers... It. Risk takers are the ones who do it. And at the minute for Chelsea, to round it all up, I don't see any risks being taken. I don't see anybody thinking, do you know what, not to worry. The only risk I see is sometimes Pulisic trying to take one too many defenders on. And Pulisic, yeah. bless him today, he did all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. He's in general, he's a good player. It's just again, just that consistency. Inconsistency. That, yeah, yeah. The inconsistency. Sorry, that he's uh, that he's lacking. But look, that was a good segue into uh, into into Arsenal. By the way, that I really. I well, really this like, was therapy for me as well, so I appreciate it. No, it was good. It, it was, was good. Therapy like, for me to get it off my chest. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be. You know, I'm gonna disappoint the listeners now that unfortunately I cannot go on for like nearly forty minutes because you're gonna get bored <laughs> of me hearing. Um, you know, we played well and yeah there was some scary moments but no <laughs> no we did play well there was some fucking scary moments the match could have ended 4-3 it was like edge of the seat stuff by the end by the way it just really really was and the change the change before I go into any more detail about it, the change happened the change in the match happened when party came off Thomas party yeah. came off Elneny came on that's it we had no midfield Jacker wasn't Jacker wasn't up to scratch that whole game to be honest. I mean, yeah, he was. I'm not saying he was poor or anything like that, where he was stand out bad, but he wasn't the Jacker that we're used to in the last, you know, in the last few, well, this season anyway. Yeah. 
So yeah. for me, when when El Nini came on, Party came off. That was that was the game changer. And that Mitoma, by the way, for Brighton, he's such a quick player, such a quick player. He was he was running ragged down the uh, down the left hand side. And poor Saliba, by the way, like who <laughs> sort of dropping the cover because it, honestly, he was he was just having them on. Um, but yeah, look look in terms of in terms of. Uh, Lineups, that kind of stuff. There was no debate with the lineup. Uh, I was a bit surprised to see Zinchenko start because I didn't think that he was uh, he was fully recovered. But no, I had Zinchenko starting, and uh, it, it, the, the team was pretty much exactly the same. Same tactics, nothing really uh, major. Obviously, Enkedi up front. Um, and I'll be honest with you, before the match, because it's Brighton, and I've seen what Brighton have done to the likes of Chelsea, for example, and I'm thinking, mm, yeah, we can't underestimate these guys, and we didn't. We scored straight away within like a minute, two minutes. Saka fucking uh, put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, great goal, teamwork, that type of stuff. But uh, but yeah, in terms of in terms of like you know what actually happened in the second half, that's where I really want to concentrate more on. To be fair, because we scored, we we scored three goals. You know, it was comfortable. We were like, all right, cool. But then even the the start of the second half was quite comfortable but then obviously near the end of the uh, of the second half that's when things changed but did you did you watch any of the match by the way rick oh rookie mistake unfortunately on i didn't uh, i didn't pal. i was i was so ill i was bed bound new year's eve i really planned on watching that game as well i even had my laptop ready i was like oh, i'll put it on because it, it was, was sky sports yeah last match and last I thought, match oh, it was the last game of the day wasn't it so yeah uh, i saw bits of it uh, I was listening to it here and there. I had the radio on because I was I had to have my eyes closed. I had a huge migraine, fever, and all the stuff. But enough about me. Uh, but no, I didn't get a chance to watch it. But no, from cool. what I could hear on the on the radio and the commentary, it sounded like you guys were all over them. The second half, sorry, first half, and then second half, you kind of like eased off a little bit. They got the first goal, started believing a little bit more. Got the second. And then, yeah, that kind of th- sort of, if it got the third, possibly maybe something may have happened, but it was offside. I don't, I've not seen the offside. I don't know if he was, it, but with VAR these days. It, if they were going to give offside to uh, to the Enketia goal, I believe it was Enketia or Martinelli goal um, at the other end in the first half, then, yeah, I, the same thing had to be called for, for Mitoma as well because he came from an offside position. Again, we're talking, we're talking millimetres. That's what we're talking about here, like centimetres even. Um, yeah. for, for both instances so I'm glad I'm just glad that alright we didn't get it but they didn't get it either so you know the consistency on that on the refereeing decision was really good and uh, I can I can make my peace with that I can genuinely make my peace with that but look when the third goal went in that was like the 87th minute there was still another six minutes seven minutes added time Possibly, to come yeah. as well yeah. so you know that was that would have been a very very dangerous and something that would have given me actual nightmares because I've already lived through that scoreline before. Yeah, Newcastle, yeah. 4-4, Newcastle away, two, yeah. 2011 at St. James's yeah. Park, 4 0 at halftime. You were there as well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I was about to like have you know recurring nightmares again. I, uh, you know, there was they were just about to come out uh, from my subconscious again. So, but no, it, it was look, we, we like I said, three. It was three nil by halftime, and then second half started. It was uh, you know they they scored the goal, three one. It's like all right, cool, no problem. But then when uh, when they scored, obviously when we scored our fourth, and then I was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get changed and whatever, get ready for New Year's Eve and whatnot. But yeah, then when I came back yeah. down, my dad was like, yeah, well, you know, it was so close to actually being four four. Yeah. So, but no, obviously, like again, four two in the end, which is which is great. I would have preferred a clean result, sheet. Yeah. I would have preferred a clean sheet. But but I'm gonna come back to 
the problems that I've already mentioned in other uh, episodes. And I'll be honest with you, Saliba, you know, there's been, I'm just saying like there's been some instances, not in every game, but every two, three games, there's been instances where you think, hmm, how did you, why did you make that mistake? You know what I mean? Like last time, what was the last match we played? Uh, was it against Wolves? Yeah, I think it was against uh, Wolves. Yeah, I think it was Wolves. Yeah, yeah Boxing Day it was against Wolves and uh, he gave that penalty. Was it Wolves? No, was it Wolves? No, it wasn't Wolves, was it? Who was it? Was it Wolves? No, Wolves were at Everton. Uh, you played at home. Were you at home? I think you were at home against West Ham. West Ham, that's it. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I don't know why I had Wolves in my mind. But against West Ham and we gave that and he gave that penalty away. Yeah, yeah. And again, you just think, all right, I understand what you were trying to do, but did you really have to rush into it like that? And again, this time, it's not, it wasn't some. It, it's not like he passed the ball to the defender, obviously he bounced off his leg and but I just feel like he was in the wrong side. It was on the wrong side of the of the attacker to to actually defend that ball. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah, sort yeah. of like the ball came in, but he was on the attacker's left rather than sort of in front or trying to block his shot. He was just like next to him. So when the ball obviously, you know, he's trying to control it with his uh, with his thigh, the ball bounced off his thigh and landed landed right on the foot of uh of Matoma. Do you know what I mean? So it was, uh, sorry, Ferguson, not Matoma, Ferguson, this one. And again, he was a substitute. Ferguson came on as a substitute, which which uh, I think sometimes Arteta can be a bit, you know, he doesn't really care that much about his subs. So he was like, yeah, put him on, put him on. But I think Ben White coming off was a mistake. Uh, Party coming off was a mistake. Um, Zinchenko obviously coming off, I thought that was pretty decent because Tini did all right. But yeah, so again, it was just some individual errors that I'd blame the two goals on. It wasn't anything tactic. I don't think we sort of like, you know, neglected the match that much or we became complacent that much. But it was just those little individual errors that, again, it just goes to show how competitive and how fierce the Premier League is. Like, you make one mistake where you think, ah, I'm, no one's going to take advantage of this. Then boom, that's it. You find yeah. you find a Ferguson who you've never heard of before. He's scoring a goal and you think, what the hell is happening here? So, so yeah, did on. the goals come uh, very quickly? So obviously, do you think the goals came because they that was the first time they started attacking and obviously you couldn't deal with it? Or was it more of a, the goals came because you guys kind of just like, yeah, we're winning 3-0, yeah. nothing's going to happen The now. latter one, I'm going to go with the latter, the latter. one. Yeah. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think it was so much, like I said, I don't think it was so much complacency where we sort of neglected the whole game. But again... Those instances, those little errors that were made, it it just kind of compounds on the complacency that you know that right. it was. Um, and but yeah, did the you, goals come when Party was off or on? Uh, the first goal was when Party was on, um, and then the second goal came when Party came off. But then again, at that point, that's when Brighton decided to attack a little bit more, and they actually pushed forward. And at that point, I think maybe that's where that's where the neglection came in. You know what I mean? Like that's where the that's yeah, where they're all like, yeah. oh, okay, well, they're kind of attacking now, so we have to, you know, go back up to speed. But by that point, we'd already wound down. Like, we were ready to sort of, you know, just yeah, see the game yeah, out. ready for the next game. So, yeah, so in a way, like I said, the complacency was definitely there, but it wasn't to the point where, like, you know, maybe if we lost the game, then, yeah, I would have definitely 100% blamed it on that. But <laughs> but we, we didn't no, lose the, the game. the reason I asked you those questions was, was it because of attacking? So let's say if you played respectably, better opposition... Uh, you would assume Newcastle may be a better opposition according to the league table yeah. Tottenham Man United and these are the games that you've got next by the yeah, way yeah, no yeah, disrespect yeah. to Oxford in the FA Cup but we're just focused on the league itself here. Oh. So your next game is Tuesday night against uh, Newcastle at yeah. home then you go away to Spurs and Man United come in then you go away to Everton and then Brentford come in 
Uh, when I say come in, I mean at the Emirates. At the and Emirates, then you've got City at the Emirates yeah. as well. So out of those games, mm-hmm. obviously Newcastle, you'd assume, very tough. Spurs mm-hmm. away, North London Derby, tough. United at home, they beat you at their ground. They Could did. they do it again or yeah. keep, keep at least keep a draw? Because United are finding some form yeah. now as well. Yeah, yeah. Winning three and three. So, yeah, that's why I asked you, was it because some teams attacked or like because Brighton started attacking a bit more and got a goal because you couldn't defend with it? Because going forward, there's no question. We, we questioned the idea of uh, Jesus being injured, what's going to happen, will Nketiah step up? Yeah, he has. What more could you ask of him? Scott, no, no, get, Scott goals, goals in the game in the and he's got two, two and two. Yeah, yeah two and two. Two, can't, and two. Can't go wrong with that. Can't, can't ask for any more. No, I think uh, I think the problem the problem that we had, again, it's uh, it's that issue of, of our midfield because... Because Jacker didn't have his best game, where again, when I say best game, like what we what I've been used to seeing from him this season, yeah. he didn't have that best game. Um, there wasn't really much of a link-up play with Martinelli on that left-hand side, uh, or Zinchenko for that matter. It just felt like that side again. From what I watched, I watched the whole match. So from what I saw, it just seems like they were a little bit disconnected. But that's fine because Zinchenko's been out for a while. Jack is obviously, you know, you could kind of argue that he's recovering from from World Cup which is crazy because you know it's been four weeks now uh, since he left so so yeah I think uh, I think for us and, and obviously party coming off as well again we just lost the control of the midfield and if that happens um that happens obviously against the bigger teams like the man United the Spurs and the uh, and the cities then yeah that's going to be that's going to be our downfall because they're, they're just going to overload us I mean man United have got a decent midfield like a very good midfield. Ericsson, yeah, Fernandez, Fred. Casemiro's doing very Casemiro. well. Oh, shit, Casemiro. There you go. That's four players I've just mentioned. Then just so you terror- assume Casemiro would possibly keep trying to keep Odegaard quiet. Yeah. Dallo versus my, my, Martinelli will be a very good matchup. Varane versus, well, Varane, Varane and Martinez against uh, Nketiah. The Shaw or whoever else side, is yeah. playing on Saka on that side. Do you know what I mean? So all over, that's that's shaping up to be a great game on the 22nd. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Before that, you've got Spurs, you've got Spurs, North London Derby. Another, so literally this month, it's kind of not so much do or die, but from this month on to end of February, yeah. you play the big boys. Yeah, and this is, this is where... When and I'm not classing Chelsea in there as the big boys. You, yeah, this is where you could possibly lose the league, yeah. and lose the first spot or simply like really firm, concrete... Arsenal look very much like the favourites sorry not very much likely but the favourites to win it because yeah you've got uh, Newcastle at home that's a big game and when's that Tuesday that's on that's when is it that's like two days two days from now yeah two days from now um, yeah, so we've got Newcastle, Newcastle at home, and I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm not I'm not as scared as I, as I probably should be, or as other people are like, oh well, it is Newcastle, they've been doing well. I'm just I don't feel as scared um, because again, Brighton were kind of like a Newcastle last season, and again, I'm not saying in terms of money wise, I'm just saying performances, okay, because you know they yeah, were quite yeah. decent. So like, and again, I was afraid to play Brighton, and we got beat by Brighton, I think maybe twice last season. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have that I, feeling. I, don't I was literally feeling. thinking Brighton would put on a bigger show than what they actually what they did. did yeah. and the, but I think you guys kept them quiet with your press, with your yeah. game, with the way you played. You just kept them all quiet. That's it. I mean, that's it. And, and again, to go, to go to Newcastle, I don't see any difference in the way that we play. Uh, sorry, when I say go to Newcastle, as in when we face them. Uh, when we face Newcastle, I don't see the game or the formation or the lineup being any different to what I've seen in the last, in, well, in the last few months, because it shouldn't be, uh, unless there's obviously there's injuries. Maybe that's why he took Ben White and uh, and Party off, because he was like, all right, cool. Well, I'll need you guys for the Newcastle game. 
I respect that. I respect that. I mean, he took a gamble because, but well, not so much of a gamble. He took a chance in a way because obviously they came off and it could have been it could have been four three. It could have been four four by the by the time the match ended. But again, that's the that's the chance and the gamble that he took at that particular moment. But it paid off, and uh, at the same time, he managed to uh, to save some players, like you know, save their legs for for the next match. So yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. Which is that, that's good coaching. I get it. But then again, I just can't help but think, what if we lost that match? Then who was going to get blamed for it? Was it going to be Arteta? Was it going to be the players? But you know, it, yeah. so so luckily that the match came out the way we wanted it to be, and I was you know I was happy with the performance apart from the last like maybe 10, 15 minutes, which was kind of like oh bit edgy here, like. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I just need to say, um, if you haven't, go and watch the Odegaard pass to Martinelli uh, for oh, the fourth I goal. Saw, that saw, was from that, that was from halfway in his own half. I saw some of the highlights, yeah. And, but just from highlights, I saw two minutes. I couldn't comment, but yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, no, it, it honestly, it, that pass from from his from his own half, and he saw that run from uh, from Martinelli. That sort of like you know sliced through pass. It was incredible, absolutely incredible. And the thing is, on my phone, because um, I follow Ars Blog, so you know another podcast, Arsenal podcast. It came up and it said, "What a pass by Odegaard!" So I'm like, "Oh shit!" Because I was behind. So I'm watching. I'm thinking, "When the hell is this pass happening?" So two minutes later, two minutes later, the, yeah. So the, he had the ball in the in the midfield, and I was like, "Oh, here we go. He's going to run with this." And the next thing you know, he's like, bang, slices the pass straight through for Martinelli, like, runs onto it. And Lamptey, by the way, Lamptey's supposed to be this fast player, but Martinelli... Yeah, no, I thought wow. that as well. Lamptey was meant to be quick and it just shows wow. Martinelli with the ball. And he wasn't even trying 100% to run, yeah. by the way. Like, he was slowing well, you can. down. When you've got the ball, you can. You have to slow down to take a touch. So, yeah. Exactly. Incredible. So, it, it was it was incredible, incredible. Obviously, got a little bit lucky, you know, a little deflection from the keeper, from keeper's leg. But, yeah, he did everything. He did everything and that was well-deserved. And Odegaard, man of the match, as far as I'm concerned, because he was everywhere on that pitch yesterday absolutely everywhere no he's been fantastic going to go for you yeah. guys like I remember when he first joined I was like meh yes, but no, he's just clearly been shown like yeah. if he's not asked to kind of go in for challenges and simply just get given the ball and just say listen do your thing I think he can he can do that easily, and he has demonstrated that he can do that. And I think Odegaard reminds me very much like oh sorry, uh, Ziyech reminds me of an Odegaard. Not physical, but if you get given the ball, can you try and pick a pass? Can you try and put some crosses? Because Ziyech did the same today, balling for Aubameyang, and Aubameyang looked like he half attacked it, yeah. and you can't. You've got to go in full heartedly or nothing. So yeah. No, but, um, uh, I was going to say no. In terms of Ziyech, I mean, he could probably he could probably be a nice little attacking or advancement fielder for for Chelsea rather than on the wing if he could create create chances like that. You never know. Exactly. You never know. But uh, yeah, so yeah, sorry. In terms of Arsenal, I don't think yeah the, the front line scored Martinelli, Saka, and uh, and Kedi scored. So I can't really ask for any more than that to be honest. Um, it was it was a good performance in the first half. Uh, sorry, great performance in the first half. Decent performance in the second half, and uh, yeah, it, it was a well-deserved win. I don't think I don't think that match should have ended any other way, to be honest. Even if we won three 0 or four 0 it still would have been justified. But obviously, they managed to get two goals back, and hopefully, that's just going to give us the chance for next time. So, uh, right, no, okay. sweet man. So brilliant. Well, then, got anything else to say or anything else to add? No, um, I don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, we could talk about the other teams, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch any of the other matches. Neither did I. Um, I was unwell. I can't really comment. Yeah. I've not even saw the highlights of anything. Else. No, so same. I have not watched Apologies much of the day. To the listeners. I have not watched much of the day in a very long time. By the way, like since the World Cup finished. Uh, yeah, since the World Cup finished, I have not 
watch match of the day at all. So I will go back and watch them, but obviously, you know, that's something that we can discuss on another we'll pod. Discuss that on a different but, pod. Uh, yeah, see how gonna... But yeah, yeah, uh, I'm, Sweet, I'm, 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 I've got nothing else to say. I'm just a happy guy for 2023. So I just want to say another happy Good new year to, to, to it, everyone yeah. else as well. And what a time to be a gooner. <laughs> yeah, I was right, going to say, it. I was literally going to end with what a time to be a good result, and I'm not one. So, yeah, sad time for me to start 2023, but um, hopefully, the only way when you're down is up. So, hopefully, well, we're not that far down, we're eighth. But yeah, come on. As a Chelsea come team, on. still plenty of time to down. go. Plenty of time to go. Yeah. yeah, plenty of time to go down, right? But no, anyway, well, brilliant. Well, perfect. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we wish you a very happy new year. So, it's a goodbye from us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>